0: Oh boy, do we have a character on today's show. Today I sat down with Nasir from Never Done Branding. I was recently on his podcast, so you know that I had to have him on mine. So we are going to dive into setting boundaries trying a billion different things getting comfortable with throwing spaghetti at the wall this man has done a billion different things and leads with so much confidence so much stinking confidence which you will hear from his story so let's dive right in i won't even i won't even keep you longer than that welcome back to another episode of brand meat creator i'm so excited to have nasir here today from never done branding. Hello. So, you know, we have to start off with a little a little segment of if you like it, like it. So, Nasir, what are you liking on the internet right now?
1: Um, What am I liking on the internet? Uh, that's a hard question just because not too much impresses me nowadays. But, <laughs> 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 um, uh, what am I liking, to be honest? Because, <laughs> like, especially for, like, right now, I feel like a lot of the same things are just being recreated. Uh, and a yes. lot of the things that are on the internet are really things that I've seen, like, 10 years ago that are just being mm-hmm. repackaged into something differently. So I would say that I guess the main thing that I'm liking on the internet right now is how much people are craving authenticity. So I would I would say yes. that. Authenticity out, out so of everything. True. Yeah.
0: I've I've had a couple of interviews lately where people are like, mm, yeah, I don't I don't really like anything right now. Yeah. Like I just want people to be themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like with everything going on right now, it's like I feel like everybody's just trying to copy what other people are doing, or yes. they're trying to like do what they feel is going to get them further in the algorithm, rather than doing what's actually on brand for them or what's actually fun and creative. You know what I mean?
0: Do you like trends?
1: No, I hate trends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why my social media grows as slowly. Um, like, I haven't really grown that much on Instagram or TikTok as fast as, like, I may have want to, but it's because I don't mm-hmm. do any trends. Like, I literally don't do, like, not one trend. Like, yeah, I'll do, like, i have you. like a I have, like, a sound on there, but, like, I'm not doing something <laughs> that's, like, a trending sound that everybody's doing. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know I just since I come from a theater background so like I You're am like, so I need to myself. yeah exactly like I'm like I want to express myself I want to express my creativity I want to express my vision my brand uh-huh. and so I understand that you know doing trends is what's going to help with that brand awareness but it's just like I like to scratch that bug of creativity rather than scratch that bug of like virality does that make sense
0: yeah I love that Well, if you like it, like it, authenticity. I am so excited to have you here to chat about this entrepreneur journey that you've had because you started very young. I know that you've done a billion different jobs. We have that in common. (laughs) Um, So can you give me a little bit about your background, where you started, how you even got into this marketing space that you're in branding space
1: yeah so i'm originally from philadelphia slash delaware depending on who's asking but depending on where i'm from uh so <laughs> but i really grew up in delaware to be honest so i'm considered like a small town kid at least that's what my boyfriend says Anytime he goes to my hometown i'm like i don't feel like one because philly is only like an hour away so like i didn't feel like a small town kid <laughs> But
0: don't know um, if you're hood or you're here for the hair flip (laughs) exactly
1: exactly so it it, it all depends on how i'm feeling that day so um, when it comes to like entrepreneurship i've already kind of always seen that within my household within my family Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad was always an entrepreneur i remember the first day he like registered his llc for like his construction business oh Um, yeah (laughs) and like things like that um and like his ll his llc is actually the first letter of like me, his deceased mom, my his first daughter, which is one of my sisters, um, and my stepmom's initials for like his LLC. Yeah. Um, oh, and that are. was like the first, like the first thing that I remember when it comes to entrepreneurship. And so I've never really seen him going to a job. I've always seen him on the phone, always networking with people, mm-hmm. always talking to people. And then my mom, on the other hand, even though I don't really have the best relationship with her at all, um, I all I grew up also seeing her go to work, but also having Mm -hmm. something on the side that was her own and that was her business. Mm -hmm. And so that seed was always kind of like planted in me from like a very young age. And I was always very rebellious. Like I did not do, like I was the one person in school that like did everything that everybody wanted me not to do. I dressed it a certain type of way that was like very flashy, very out there. Um, I was the one always correcting the teacher saying, actually, that's not right. (laughs) This is what the books, and they're like, You know what? You're actually, you're right. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And so I've always had this kind of rebellious spirit about me, which tends to be in a lot of entrepreneurs. And so me just getting older and having, as you talked a little bit about earlier, with me having so many jobs, I realized that, oh, I can just create my own rather than sitting here um, working and conforming to what this business or that person specifically wants me to conform to.
0: I think it's so interesting going into entrepreneurship because if you start in a corporate job or just, you know, working for someone else in general, you're kind of like, oh, there's a rule book, like I need to do things X sort of way. And I'm the same as yeah. you. I like revolt against that. I'm like, I want to be unique. <laughs> I don't know why this isn't efficient. Like, I'm gonna tell you what I think with my little blonde 20-year-old self. It's fine. Um, yeah. but then you get into entrepreneurship and you're like, oh wait the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Uh, Why did we pretend (laughs) that the rules weren't made up from the get go?
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing is, is that, I mean, without setting rules, then there's no way of actually setting people in line and putting people in their place per se. You know what I mean? And so it takes a special type of individual like myself, and also seems to be you as well, (laughs) that, you know, that um, can step outside of those lines and steps outside of those rules and say, hey, there's actually other ways of doing it. Because there's no really right or wrong way of doing anything. Those right or wrong ways are just things to put in a place to be able to say this is the better way of doing it because if you don't have any better then you don't have anybody that's worse and if you don't have people that are above you don't have people that are below so you have to make that yes. aboveness quote-unquote this is a whole social have.
0: justice issue yeah like, let's be real.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, it, it real goes music. into so it, and it, yeah i mean it goes into so many different layers of it you know what i mean it's so many yeah. different aspects when it comes to race sexual orientation women yeah. um big creators smaller creators A-list celebrities, D-list celebrities, like there's, it's so many different layers to that aspect of hierarchy and rule setting.
0: What do you think is your biggest tip to unlearning some of that?
1: Mm, I would say getting back to yourself. Like, I think so many people with the age of social media, like, I I was on that border of, like, I remember what it was like to not have social media and also remember what it was like for social media to actually come into our lives. Yeah. So, like, I feel like a lot of people now that have only known social media, they... uh, are so in comparison of other people, rather than looking into mm-hmm. themselves and saying, okay, what can I do to be a better, a better person? What skill right. sets do I enjoy? What hobbies do I enjoy? Um, who am I as a, a human being, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that's really the main tip that a lot of people would need to take away from getting out of that kind of mindset is to look back within you. Because if you have the confidence mm-hmm. within you, you're going to not give a F of what anybody else has to say about who you are because so many people have told me who I'm supposed to be or who they think that I am throughout my life and including my own freaking parents and I'm just like I really don't care like if you knew how much <laughs> I actually cared like there's none and and I've always <laughs> continued to be like that and I was like if I could be like that towards my parents what makes you think that you a stranger I give a what about what about what you have to say right. so I would say it just goes back to to yourself
0: so is that just a fire sign thing? What can we?
1: I think so. I think How so. How like we pass that-,
0: that along to the non-fire I- signs that aren't as feisty? <laughs> I used to get wild looks about the things that came out of my mouth. I remember yeah. like teachers asking, coaches asking things. And why wouldn't I answer the question? You know, if you ask me yeah. if this person's bad at something, I'm going to tell you this person's bad yeah. at something. <laughs> Exactly. And everyone in the room was like, Head whip to me, like I said something wild. They asked,
1: yeah, they asked. Yeah, I was like, I was like always one of those people that like I was, I was super popular, but I didn't have like a clique per se. Like mm. I kind of had different groups that I was always in because I was an athlete and also a theater kid. So like mm. I had a lot of friends that were on the football team, a lot of friends that were on the swim team, track team, but also had a lot of friends that were in theater, band, orchestra, you know, things like that. So I've kind of like There's was always one of those AM. people that kind of yeah, like I've always kind of like conformed to different types of like groups right. uh of people because you know theater kids are totally different than the football players, so oh, so, so it's a percent. whole different type of conversation, yeah,
0: a thousand percent, so taking those lessons and that exploration of finding what you like, how have you really gotten comfortable at? being bad at something because I think that comes with Mm. versatility too is you know when you are trying so many things you get used to being bad at it
1: yeah no that's that's for real and I think a lot of people don't understand uh, don't really talk about that and um don't really embrace that because that's the main part of it like When I first started out in swimming, my first year, I was so bad. I actually kept getting disqualified every single time (laughs) I did the 100 back because on the 100 back, you're supposed to streamline back into the wall and not flip over. I would flip over every time and get disqualified like three uh, meets in a row. And so Mm -hmm. that freshman year, that summer, I went um, and signed up for a summer swim team and then was swimming from uh, my sophomore year all the way to senior year. And so, like, I've always kind of embraced that, like, not being good at something because it gives me the fire to say, hey, actually, I will be good at this. Trust and believe it. Because, like, even when it comes to dancing, like, I... Haven't, haven't been a trained dancer until I graduated high school because my uh-huh. dad didn't put me in dance because they thought it was gay, you know, things like that. So right. I still danced in school because we had a musical theater program. We right. um, we also had extracurriculars. So mine, uh, I think it was like fourth period, it was a musical theater. So yeah. I always had the, uh, the
0: ability to be able to that. dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember period. like... When I, when I tell you that I remember everything about my life, because when it comes to a day that I have a documentary about all the things that I've been through and how successful I, I am now, I have to remember everything. Yeah. When I write my book, too, like I need it to be accurate. Like, I'm not out here to like <laughs> sit here and be fake and phony. Like, no, I need y'all to know step by step what the hell we have happen. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, so I've always embraced that, like that being bad at something, and then that giving me the fire to actually be better at it. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, absolutely. I love that. How did you take that into entrepreneurship? Like, what were you especially bad at at the beginning? Oh, (laughs)
1: yeah. I I would say that's the biggest thing that, like, is a transferable skill, and that's actually something I talk about a lot on my podcast, Never Mm -hmm. Done Branding. The podcast is that like transferable skills are so important in entrepreneurship. Like, we've had. Joe Velapagos, who is an Emmy-nominated executive producer, he talks about his skills from being an executive producer, adding it into him actually being an entrepreneur today, and even for myself of the many jobs that I've had from hospitality to um, to retail. To my first job was at Wawa, which was like a upscale gas station. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I taken all of these kind of like transferable skills and put them into entrepreneurship today. And I would say the main thing that I was bad at in the very beginning was grasping onto an idea and sticking to it. Um, huh. because I think like sometimes I know I you like took that shiny. versatility
0: thing too far. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I exactly. I do the same Cause thing. Cause I'm the,
1: I'm the pivot queen. You know what I mean? Like I I will pivot anytime I need to pivot. I will pivot right away and it's no problem. You know what I mean? Like, have you had that same thing of like, you feel like you've pivoted too fast in a situation and you're like, maybe if I would have stuck onto it, then it would have played out a little bit differently.
0: You know, I have the opposite worry. I, I don't worry about it for myself. Like, I think once I've made mm-hmm. a decision, I'm in my gut, I, I know that it's the right thing. What mm-hmm. I worry about is the perception of it, where like, I'm like, oh, Ooh, I've, I've pivoted my offer 12 times. Like, am I flighty? <laughs> Are people gonna think I'm flighty? And yeah. <laughs> that's what I struggle with as opposed to like, I know this is a good offer. I know that I pivoted for a reason, but like, yeah. eh, it's scary.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get it, and uh, like, it definitely is scary for sure. The biggest thing for me is that people that have been following me for like five, maybe even ten years, like I was talking to my friend Sam that's known me for like eight years now, and he's seen me rebrand on IG so many times. Like, I had my my dance era where I was primarily <laughs> dancing. I had my modeling era where I was going to New York Fashion Week and like was signed to my talent right. agency. It was going to different fashion shows, and so like I've rebranded that's so much.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so like I've rebranded so much that like I will like drop something and then just say, you know what, I'm going to do something else that I feel like might work in a different way. Mm-hmm. It might still be part of the same skills that I was using before, but in a different type yeah. of way. So, like, for instance, when I was doing YouTube, my agency wanted me to be a YouTube personality because, I mean, I have the personality for it, but it was just too much (laughs) effort. I love the confidence.
0: (laughs) I was really good at that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I went back and looked at some of my old YouTube videos, and they were cringy as hell, but I had to go through those cringy moments to get to where I am today. You know what I mean? And where I also will be in the future. like what I'm doing right now, I'm going to then look back in the future and be like, that was cringy then, but I'm even a more evolved person later on. You see what I'm saying? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson is like, just be grateful for the mistakes that you've had. And as someone that has also, you know, done a billion things, pivoted a ton of times. I don't think any of them have stuck with me as I wish I had done it different, or I feel regret about something. It's never that because yeah. if i hadn't done that thing i wouldn't have the lesson and i wouldn't be where exactly. i am today right mhm
1: like i was looking back at my old youtube uh, videos and i was like this is so bad but like i remember at that time that oh i learned about lighting uh, like this the time that oh, i filmed this yeah. or I, I then i look at the next video and i'm like oh i learned more about audio on this video cuz i would look back mm-hmm. and i'm i'm going to be real with myself oh this looks like crap like you know what i mean like i like I'm going to try to do better next time. And so each video, same thing, even with my podcast, like each episode I listen to to myself, even after it's edited and all that, like I'll go back and I'll listen to it again. And I'm like, how can I then make Mm -hmm. it better? How can I make the production better? How can I make it more of a show? You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what everyone that's listening can take away is like, how can you make what you're doing even better the next time? What were you going to say?
0: Oh, so I have, I have like quite a few tangents for you at this point. Yeah. So number one, I think people struggle with the fear cloud of looking at their stuff again. Like they know it's yeah. going to be cringy or they're, they know they're going to find a mistake or something. So they end up not looking at it. And I feel like I see this yeah. all over the reels. tab sometimes this is so bad oh, where yeah. I'm like, Can you watch <laughs> TikTok this? TikTok is even like, worse. Did you watch this through before you posted it?
1: <laughs> I know, right? TikTok, TikTok is even worse. They're like, click, post, like, and they're just like, whatever.
0: <laughs> and and I truly do think it's fear of watching something over. And then on the mm-hmm. flip side, it's watching something, or even fear of looking at your analytics, fear of yeah. going in and doing that dirty work of figuring out what worked. Um yeah or just overthinking it and never never getting that first product out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people sit in that overthinking like stage a lot. Like I've even done that myself like time and time again cuz like especially yeah. with being so creative. Like I'm like is yeah. this like t- is this upping the last video? You know what I mean. Like I'm nobody. Ugh. Like I'm not like I'm not like Beyonce or Rihanna or anything. You know what I right. mean. But in my head, I am like so. Right. <laughs> so like for myself, in my like, head,
0: this is a full scale music video. But then I period. film it, and I'm like, this this ain't this
1: ain't a music video. Exactly. And I mean, that's all that who who matters is my own opinion. And I mean, yes, it's great that like social media and like things like that are there for the recognition too. But I mean, I was doing this even before. Before social media came about. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it's like I just like to uh, do things that are fun. I like to create characters. Like, I like to uh, um, educate. I like to inspire. You know what I mean? So, it's like, even if one person was watching or one person was commenting on my videos, like they are on IG right now, then like... <laughs> I would be okay with that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I feel like a lot of people, they overthink it because they want to get the viral moment because they see everybody on TikTok going Mm. viral for their little one video. So everybody's trying to shoot for that. But if you just sit into the feeling of I'm doing this because I love this, because this makes me happy and because this is I know this is what I'm good at, then you're just going to keep doing it no matter if one person is watching you.
0: That's such good advice. That's such good advice because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of shoulds in quotes, shoulds on social media where people are like, you need to do the hashtags and the long caption and the, you need to be engaging 12 billion hours a day and da da da. (laughs) And at the end of the day, that's, what's giving people the ick. Like that's what's making people sit there and overthink and worry about checking all of the boxes Mm -hmm. of, You know, did I do this? Did I do this right? Did I do this right? Did I do this right? Instead of, I enjoyed it. I'm learning something. Check. Like, this is a part of the process. Check. Box checked. Done.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people just aren't okay with testing because a lot of people aren't okay with like, doing something and it potentially not working like it Mm -hmm. it really baffles me on how much people are scared of rejection like because my theater background my dance background has kind of like even modeling has like kind of like trained me to like expect rejection is coming you know what I mean so like when it comes to entrepreneurship back there we go again transferable skills like it just it I'm expecting a rejection to come and I'm okay when it does mm-hmm. come, but it's not going to stop me. Yes. Sometimes it does. Don't get me wrong. Now I'm not going to sit here a lot of you. Right. Sometimes <laughs> if a client's like, or a potential client's like, Oh yes, I'm going to pay for this. Send me the link. And then it's a, a week later and you're like, okay, w- but where's the invoice? Yeah. It wasn't paid. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes that can definitely put me in a rut and it can put you in a rut too. But it goes back to what I said in the beginning. I go back into myself and I say, right. do you not know who you are? And you have to think to, <laughs> to yourself as well that like you are who you are and you're stunning. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then go back up, so that's get back new, up and get out there.
0: That's our new affirmation. You are who you are and you are stunning.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So how do you like, how, how do you flex that muscle? How do you flex that muscle of... I'm going to make it bigger or I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try a wild card. I'm going to put it out there.
1: Be okay. We're looking stupid. And like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like so many people, like it's so funny in a play. um, I just got casted in a play that's coming out in April here in Atlanta. Even when I was in rehearsal the other day, Um, on Sunday. It was just me and the director because most of my scenes are with her because she's also the star of the show. And I'm doing this one-on-one rehearsal with her and during that announcer part that um, she was like, make it bigger. And like each time, like I was making it bigger and making it bigger. And I was thinking to myself, like, why was I having a hard time even making it bigger in the first place? Like, I'm big, like, <laughs> that's my personality to begin with. But actually most of the time, my personality really isn't. And so I was like scared of looking dumb, even though there were really only four of us in the room. Um, I was scared of scared of looking dumb. And I was scared of like, you know, being outside of my my box that I kind of like hold my brand in and so I did it a few more times I actually ran that same like monologue 10 times that day maybe like 15 Mm -hmm. times to be honest and was doing it in different Mm -hmm. ways doing it louder doing it bigger uh and so then when I went to rehearsal yesterday last night we had basically the whole cast which is like 15 people and I was okay with being stupid being loud being obnoxious Mm -hmm. in front of everybody because I I did it to begin with and I had to look back in and say why is that in the first place and then say oh it's the brand and throw that box away you know what I mean
0: I think that's such amazing I, I think that's such amazing advice like let your freak flag fly What? Yeah. (laughs) What is someone gonna do if you do it bigger? Like what? Exactly. Who cares? They think you look. If they're mad, mad, they're
1: they're just mad that they can't like they can't step outside of that box. You know what I mean? Like that's what's the other reason that they would be mad? There is none. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Right. So I actually um, heavily stalked you before this, and (laughs) I listened. I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, um, Mm -hmm. one of which was talking about other people supporting you in your journey Mm. and how, you know, it's not, it's not people being malicious when they aren't supporting you. So I I would love to hear more about, you said you you and your mom aren't on great terms. Um,
1: Yeah. Like, so it was never, with her, it's not, like, a sexuality issue. That was more of, like, my dad, that, to be honest. But uh-huh. him and I are definitely a lot better now. Like, we're in like, talking yeah. terms and stuff. But with her, it was more of, like, um, she just, there was a lot of resentment there herself. You know what I mean? Um, of having me at a younger age. Like, I am the oldest. Um, yeah. So having me at a younger age and just the things that I feel like she was going through at that time that made her very unfit. And the fact that even today those things still haven't been worked on, it's like, girl, I'm good. You know what I mean? so I've um, had to realize with growing up is that a lot of the things that people do or the things that may even happen to you, it's not even to you personally, but it's a lot of the time it's the things that they haven't handled with for themselves And I've kind of taken that example that I've received from my mom and really show kind of you try to utilize that in other areas and say, okay, if this person is not supporting me, it's because they might have something going on or they feel some type of way. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. like in more malicious, non malicious ways, I would say, but in the comparison of like sometimes when a person does the same thing as you or they may look the same as you or things like that, you may not want to necessarily support them or uplift them because you might feel like that they might take your spot. You know what I mean? And that's a thing that a lot of people subconsciously do, not with malicious intent, but it's because they're like, oh, I don't... It's like a defense mechanism because they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't want my spot to get taken. And and so that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people experience but don't really talk about with, you know people not supporting you, but not really, not maliciously not supporting you, but more so doing it in ways because they're subconsciously doing it, Um, doesn't make it okay, but it makes it to where, okay, this is an area that we could work on and say, why is this in the first place? And how do we get back to just showing love and supporting one another?
0: So many people struggle with that, with number one, not being able to speak about the full situation. On yeah. social media, because hello, this is our lives, and that personal yeah. <laughs> brand bleeds into your bleeds into your personal life really, yeah. really easily. Yeah.
1: To, to add on to add on to what you were saying, like with your personal life bleeding into your personal brand, I think everyone can also do a very much of a balance too. Like I share, I'm one of those people, and I did a post on this on my Instagram the other day. Uh, with, like, my little baby picture and a bunch of, like, headshots of me. Um, and I put the other day is that I'm a very open person, but I'm also a very private person at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that I'm only going to share things that I've worked through and that I've already acknowledged mm-hmm. myself before sharing it to other people because I hate, hate, hate when people are <laughs> literally, like, working through like I'm sorry, like I just hate it. Uh, and I wanted the people that's listening that can't see my face to realize how much I hate it. Um,
0: <laughs> Screams. But
1: yeah, but I hate when people, and I understand in some aspects because sometimes people don't have people to talk to or things like that, whatever. Right. But I hate when people are like, trauma dumping and they're working through Mm -hmm. their trauma right in front of social media. And the thing with me is that I've always worked on my things when it comes to my mom, when it comes to my sexuality, when it comes to my things that have happened in my childhood, you know, all of those experiences and stuff I've worked through myself before anybody else hears anything about it. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's a level of to where you can be very open to share your story to share your experiences but also be very private and reserve some things for you like My Instagram doesn't even have my boyfriend on it. And we've been together for almost going on four years. You know what I mean? But my boyfriend's barely on my social media because it's not a necessity for anybody else to really know. We travel and go to different places all the time. And I never really even post them because it's nobody else's business to really know. I will give you what I want to give you. And I'm going to reserve what I want to reserve.
0: What? I want to hear more about the boundaries that you hold with social media. business in general like what have you had in the last couple of years to really work through in terms of boundaries
1: I I think firstly it was like experiencing my first few clients and realizing how much people just think that shit is supposed to go the way that they want it to go Um, Mm -hmm. made me realize that oh I need to set these boundaries real quick I think it was like a few years ago with like my first like three clients my first client No, I think she was, like, my second one. I think it was a hotel that was, like, my first client. But uh, my second client, she was a lady that, like, I just, you know, that I brought on from my 10X program. And she couldn't afford the full services. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'll do about 50% for you for the first month. And then, you know, by the time we go into the second month, girl, you should at least be having something coming in. Um, So she falls asleep on the onboarding call. And so I'm like... Yes, literally, like I'm in the middle of like talking. I'm thinking her computer was froze. So like I wasn't I thought her computer was just frozen. And so I get to the point to where I'm asking her, what does she think? And she's actually freaking sleep, like legit. And I'm like, I'm not gonna say her name. I'm gonna say like yeah. Kim. I was like, Kim, Kim. Like and then she finally wakes up. She's like, Oh my gosh, like that's so embarrassed. Like she was dead asleep. And I just thought her screen was frozen.
0: What did you do with that? <laughs>
1: I just like I kind of like just brushed it off like on the call like to be yeah. honest because I didn't want to like lose my shit right. like, you on don't the call her uncomfortable. Like, yeah because like I don't know she may have had a long night she may have had something sure. going on you know I don't know but it it did make me realize that oh I need to set boundaries that's why my brand is very much of me like uh, a. B I T C H. If we can curse here, but go ahead, you know, go ahead.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I try not to curse on other people's podcasts because I'm very loose with the lips on mine. But be you know, loose not with
0: the lips. It's
1: fine yeah, <laughs> on everybody else's. I, I don't curse too much. But um, yeah, I, that was it. Was just a mess. Like I didn't want to be a bitch to her, but like. I was like, from that moment, that's why my brand, I'm very bitchy, because I want you to know that like, yes, I'm going to give you the tips, the strategies and all that you need, but you're also going to respect my boundaries in the same way that I will respect yours as well.
0: Oof. I think that's an amazing point because I was actually just talking to another service provider about this because when you work with her in person, she's very Mm -hmm. like, it's like a warm hug, but also take no shit. And she yeah, wasn't yeah. putting that mm-hmm. out on her social media. So you didn't, you didn't understand what you were really going to get. And that mm-hmm. little pivot of like, you need to be take no shit because you want your clients to understand that. Uh, I yeah. think that that goes like with working
1: with the first few people that were just like, oh my gosh, Nancy, I love you. Like, yeah, yeah, yada, yada. And then like them not doing what they need to do or yeah. them like, is, making this excuses ain't just for this, make it- yeah. yeah, I'm like this is this is not Barney and Friends girlfriend. Indeed. This is business. Right. Like we're business. not here to play around and play games. Like you know what I mean? And so it's like and this is your business. I'm getting paid. Right. And you're not getting a refund if you don't do what you need to do. So I advise you to get with the program <laughs> and work for your work for your business. It's not mine, it's yours. I'm here to help you. And so I'm, I'm actually a lot meaner on the front end than I am on the back end because <laughs> I want to filter out the people that aren't okay with that. You know what I mean? Because I understand and I've always been like that. I'm not meant for everybody. If I was wanting to be Walmart, I would go be Walmart. But no, I'm not. This is but Tiffany. I don't this be. is Chanel. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not meant here to be for be for everyone and I'm okay with that. And that's what every person that's even listening should understand and know is that your brand is not meant for everyone. Find Absolutely. the person that you're meant for, be okay with that person that you're meant for, and teach, learn, and fulfill for that person you're meant for.
0: How do you know when you've hit the people that you're meant for? Mm. I know. I, just I would threw, say like, when.
1: A one at you. <laughs> no, no, I know. It's a really good question, though. Um, I would say there's a few ways because you'll have the people that are very direct that are you know go right into your messages, tell you tell um tell you how much they love you, how much right. they want to work with you, how much they you know want to be a part of whatever you're doing, and then you know that. Cash to check, run the car, whatever, uh, and then you have the people that are like in your DMs that you know also are gaining much value, but they know that you know they're not going to be able to afford what you have going on, sure. or they're learning from you in that aspect, but they don't right. have the time right now to dedicate right, to ready. it. So there's there's so many different like ways of really telling, but I would say that when you're consistently giving the same messaging and people are resonating with it, that's how, you know, you found your audience. Uh, And I think a lot of people, they, something doesn't work. So then they go on to something next, including myself. Um, (laughs) So they don't, (laughs) they're not able to actually see, okay, did I even find the people that I'm supposed to find because I changed so fast, like give it 30 days, 60 days. And that's something that I had to learn along my way. Like give it some air to breathe child. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Right. I I think yeah. it's so crazy that we expect every every single member of our audience to see every single thing because we watch yeah. every single video 20 billion <laughs> times. Um Exactly. But it, people people don't see it and even if you see something once like you have to remember that they're mindlessly scrolling. Like they're not you don't have their full attention like ever, right? Yeah. So Yeah how long is it really going to take for them to connect one branding thing with, with you? So stinking long.
1: And like, if, exactly. And that's what people don't realize is that you're seeing a hundreds of faces every day, which is like mm-hmm. not good, but, <laughs> but it's also like, okay. So if that's the case, whoever's meant for you direct them to somewhere that is less distracting. You know what I mean? Like a Mighty Networks platform, like a text list, Mm -hmm. like an email list, you know, something like that, because there are so many distractions there that, blue, I can send out a text message to my text tribe right now, and they're going to get it right there on their phone. I can put in something into my Mighty Networks platform. If they have the app, boop, it's going to pop right up, and there's no distractions Mm -hmm. there like it is on social media. So I think a lot of people are just posting just to post, but they're not posting to pull away. Because it's a marketing channel for me. It's not social media, like.
0: Yes, I think that's so important. And I think this advice goes unheard by influencers a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. they don't see themselves as necessarily a business. So they keep putting out free content, free content, free content. And there's never that push to somewhere that's less crowded to actually get that, that, that money, honey.
1: Yeah. And you know, I feel like also with specifically influencers, because like, for instance, myself, I consider myself more of like a marketing and branding strategist and yeah. then a content creator and less of like an influencer. Because I'm not really like, because I, I hate when those, there's, there are business coaches out there that w- work as influencers and selling a business coaching and actually don't have the qualifications nor the skill sets Mm -hmm. to be the business coach, but are working as an influence. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. And so, like, for me specifically, like, I don't necessarily want to influence, you know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of influencers need to understand of where do they fall within that influencer bucket? Are you going to be like Mm -hmm. a UGC influencer? You know what I mean? Are you going to be an influencer that just takes pretty pictures at hotels and, you know, resorts and things like that, and you're going to get paid from those hotels and those brands, right? Or are you going to be an influencer that specifically works – as a spokesperson for this brand at this specific time? You see what I'm saying? Or are you then going to be the influencer that has your side, your own business that you're driving people to? So there's many ways of actually being an influencer today that a lot of people don't realize that it just doesn't fall into. Oh, I'm an influencer. Like, no, like, do you have your own brand? Are you working with a brand? Are you a spokesperson of a brand? Are you just doing UGC? You know, there's so many different ways of being one.
0: I think the thing that goes overlooked is with all of those different paths, because you're so right. There's a ton of different paths. You need to be dropping yeah. those breadcrumbs of like which channel you're actually going to go down. If you want to be a UGC yeah. creator, like, do you have a portfolio built out? If you're going to work with brands and hotels, yeah. like, are you posting that content? If you're going to start your own service, like girlfriend, have you started the the thing that you're going to sell? Have you, have you gotten your wheels rolling on how you're going to build that credibility? Exactly.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people don't think about. And they just go just post just a post. And like, yes, that's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think you should always just go right out there and start posting just so that you can build that momentum and that muscle of being okay with being on camera and those skill sets that it takes to be an influencer. But I always believe that you should still have an objective of why you're on social media, especially if you're using it as a source of income. Like you don't want to play, like necessarily have to play around with like your source of income. And that's why even for myself, I'm taking the time to really evaluate what is it that I want to focus on long term. I took mm-hmm. all of the, the the years of being versatile and building those certain skill sets to say, okay, I have all of these different skill sets that I know that I can do. Now, mm-hmm. which ones do I want to utilize for longevity to build mm-hmm. the empire, the career, the business, the influence, the brand that I'm wanting to build today? You know what I mean?
0: Yep. Okay, so on that note, you've been on a billion different platforms. We actually met on Clubhouse, which I'm so not yeah. on at all in the slightest. Yeah. Um, I would love can, – can we, like, rank your platforms from your favorite to your least favorite?
1: Yeah, so I would say right now. Right now, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with almost every platform, to be honest. <laughs> Um,
0: <laughs> I'm fighting um, about but all I would, things, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm always ready to fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would say that right now, I would say TikTok is number one. Why? IG is number two. TikTok, number one, um, because of that brand awareness that it allows you to get, mm-hmm. um, because that's what I'm really focused on right now is now I'm coming back into the stage of my brand awareness because um, I've been able to kind of solidify what do I want to focus on been able to solidify my systems in place that I need. Now it's okay. okay. Brand awareness and that's what this year is going to be. That's why I'm in this play that I'm doing to increase my brand awareness and I'm actually in a play with actual TV actors. Like there's four people wow. that are actively in TV shows right now that are in my play. And so I'm and then I'm working on doing other podcasts and also getting into uh, speaking engagements and things like that. So that. I think that's why TikTok is my main one because you know lives they allow you to get seen by people and things like that. And there's a lot more brand awareness there. And then number two, I would say, um, I would really say Clubhouse, to be honest. Like I know that you're not Not on Clubhouse. Yeah, I would say Clubhouse because how I do my Clubhouse experience is very different from a lot of other people that are doing it. And the reason why I say that is not just to be different, but it's literally because a lot of other, (laughs) everybody else is really just having like 50 people on a stage at one time and they're like arguing on the stage or they're debating about something or they are teaching and the mod is just inviting a bunch of people up on the stage for the numbers Mm -hmm. where for me i only host three rooms a week and all of my rooms are lesson driven so it's kind of like a little preview of what you can expect Mm -hmm. of being in my community and so it's like it's typically just me on the stage if not three other people that I I trust as moderators and that I know right. actually bring value to the table and not just talking. So I, that's why I would say um Clubhouse is my second. And also with having the podcast, you're already tapping into people that enjoy listening stuff. Yeah, so Exactly. And and longer form uh, audio. So it makes sense to drive them over to my podcast. So I don't even anymore try to sell things directly on Clubhouse like I used to. Like you can make a Clubhouse room and get $800 easy back in the day. Uh $1,000 easy, $2,000 easy. But I really direct people to my podcast now from Clubhouse.
0: This is, I love listening to this because you have such solid reasons within your business goals
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, when would, I tell you but... <laughs> yeah when, oh no, I mean it's it's nothing that you can assume nowadays really um, because you think that the people that have had their business for 10 years are doing things the right way and they not 15 years yeah. so, like I was on this call with this one lady I'm not gonna say her name uh, but I was on this call with this one girl from Clubhouse um, and she's like oh, I've been in business for 15 years I do this I do that and then I'm on the phone with her because she was gonna be um, she wanted to utilize the crm that i utilize Mm -hmm. and i'm asking her like what systems does she have in place what does she do girl she ain't got nothing she ain't got Mm -hmm. nothing besides a website a ig and quickbooks i don't know like (laughs) like she didn't have nothing like and i'm like how have you been running your business for this long and yet you don't even have standard operation operating procedures like come on now like are we serious and so Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't think that like, you can't always assume that people actually have a a reasoning behind things and they're not just doing it just to do it. Because a lot of people do. And in the beginning, I was just doing things just to do it. Where now I've evolved into more of who I am today that I do things now with more intention.
0: I think it's also that you just have more brain space. Like when you are First, yeah. starting out, there's so much going on, and everything is new. Mm-hmm. You're trying something new all the time, and as you get going, as you get more used to it, your brain kind of opens up to, okay, okay, what's the actual goal behind this? Yeah. Like, how can I, how can yeah. I expand more intentionally?
1: My party era is what helped me move move <laughs> out <louder> of that way. <laughs> you know, when you're just going crazy, that party era is like, all right, now it's time to bring it down.
0: <laughs> I've never. I've never heard that party air on social media. It's spot yeah. on. Okay. So yeah. we have TikTok, then Clubhouse. Where does IG and YouTube fall?
1: I would say IG is next. I'm actually just starting YouTube again with posting like YouTube shorts and also like yeah. my entrepreneur sitcom. My entrepreneur sitcom. I'm going to be putting on YouTube because I'm like I'm so tired of just doing this value-driven content. Like I know it's mm-hmm. a necessity for people to be able to market their business with some type of decency. But she's a but, performer. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm like I'm a performer. Like I I like character development. Like I like you know creating something that's giving you a story. And so um i started writing and editing producing like i do the whole thing i edit the whole thing i write the whole thing i'm starring all the in all the characters i am all the characters Uh and so i was like i want to scratch that bug again of like being that creative so youtube i feel like is would say number four on the list it would be ig because i know it would be TikTok, clubhouse ig because that's been my main chick for the longest time uh-huh. um and you know what I mean like I've been around with IG for the longest but then I would say YouTube is right after that and then Pinterest is number five
0: Pinterest fallen last why
1: because I've it's more so because of my own self I haven't really stuck to Pinterest to give it a real strategy I just like take something and post it over to Pinterest. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. I, I got 40 followers on Pinterest now from doing absolutely nothing besides <laughs> just dropping and going. You know what I mean? So that's really why. But when I start taking it seriously, I feel like it'd be different, a different. Record. I
0: mean, realistically, how many can you actually focus on at one time too?
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's why I'm like TikTok and Clubhouse like are my main two like focuses right now. Yeah. And I just like literally last week just started posting on IG again. So now we're going to see kind of like what my IG momentum is going towards. But I've kind of tested out each one of the different platforms to see my comfortability and also the audience. And then now I'm going to go back and put them in rankings of prioritization within this new year. And so that's why I started po- I post on all of them, but not all of them have a thought out strategy per se
0: i think the interesting thing about the platforms too is that some people are just tiktok people sometimes people are just youtube people like it's their personality and it's the crowd that watches youtube that resonates with them like it's just a good match so the people that are thinking you know i have to be on everything like no, you don't like set the priority. Think mm-hmm. about just like you said, what authentically feels right, what posting strategy feels right. If you can't commit to three to five videos a day, probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be on TikTok as your first priority.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. And I like even with me, like the type of content that I'm creating on all three of them, i wanting to be different. And three, I'm saying like TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I want it to be different. Uh, because YouTube is going to be more of like my sitcom and more value-driven, right. you know what I mean? Where IG is going to be more of like pictures, especially since pictures are now going to be more prominent on IG again, which I'm I excited. Know. I don't know if you heard I about that. It. Yeah, they I said know, that they're it. bringing pictures back. And I'm like, uh, finally, because that's, <laughs> that's where the... Um, that's my jam. What's called? The meat and potatoes is for me. That's my jam. I take stunning photos. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> And so I'm kind of you know bring that back a little bit.
0: I love it. Well, where can we find you? Give us your give us your handles for these. Yeah,
1: platforms. so it's really just my Nasir N A S I R underscore J O A C H I M is and Mary uh, on all platforms. Or you can literally just Google Never Done Branding, and you'll be able to find my IG, the the community, the um, podcast, whatever.
0: And what do you have coming up? I I think you have a big. Event.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, So I'm actually going to be having a three day uh, content creation workshop. So it's going to be how you actually create videos that are on brand. Because I think a lot of people when they think of branding, they just think of their colors, their logos and their fonts Mm -hmm. and the aspect of like, you know, like carousels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they don't actually think of like the format of like how you would film your video. That's your brand. That's the format that you film it in. So I'm teaching people for three days on how to build out a brand, how to create videos around that and how to edit them properly.
0: I love it. Well, we will link all of it down in the show notes. And Nasir, thank you so much for joining us on Brand Meet Creator.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. And remember, I'm never done branding.